Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganel. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hello, crazy birds. I hope you are all doing well. It has been a hot minute or so since I recorded the last episode. So it's been a little bit crazy on my side, juggling everything with the courses, but I'm finally done with my environmental science qualification and halfway through my master's in sustainable design. So it's been fun, it's been challenging, but it is definitely getting there. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who has been on this journey with me. And I've certainly learned a lot throughout this year. And I really hope to bring that forward into the work that I will be doing with the podcast as well as just be able to provide you crazy birds with the best knowledge that I am getting. So for the last episode and pinching myself as I'm saying it, because literally where has 2023 gone? So um, yeah, for this last episode, I thought I, you know, would kind of just like look on some of the things that has been coming up quite a lot and um, dig a little bit deeper. I wanted to do a little bit of a reflection as well, like looking back at some of the episodes. But then I also thought, you know, with some of the episodes, there's just been so many great uh, conversations. So I would love to hear from you guys, like kind of what was your best or like awesomest episode that you had listened to um, throughout this like year basically I really love talking to so many of the guests so would love to hear from you let me know what they were and I will be sharing in the next one kind of reflecting back over 2023 and also share with you guys on what is happening in the new year because we've definitely got a few really amazing guests that's coming up so very excited about that but um For this episode, I am going to delve into a very important topic, something that I've been coming into contact a lot with, and um, that is actually eurification. Now, it sounds like, woo, such a big word, Um, and a lot of you might be wondering, like, Mariska, what are you talking about today? And well, that is actually something that most of you would have seen because it's becoming such a big environmental issue. And that is if you've ever seen any aqua system, like whether it is a river, a dam or anything, you will notice that a lot of the times there's like almost this like greenish type of water. And that whole process is actually called eurification and it has very severe environmental impacts on it. Now, the term eurification and 
just by saying this, I feel like I should be the dad on my ba big fat Greek wedding saying, where is this coming from Greek? <laughs> but the word eurification actually originates from the Greek word eurythosos. And I'm, yeah, I hope I say that correct. I'll put the correct uh, spelling in the show notes, but it basically means that it is well nourished. And um, it is actually a complex environmental issue that has far reaching consequences than just, you know, looking at our um, aquatic ecosystems. Now, the phenomenon involves the enrichments of aquatic environment, environments with excess nutrients that leads to profound ecological changes. Now, while eurification is something that occurs naturally, it has been occurring naturally over millennia, but now we have amplified that speed at which it is occurring. So a lot of that is attributed to human activities. So what we are doing. So one example, just like to put it in perspective and then we're gonna dig deeper into it is like the lawns like our beautiful green lawns that we see all over the world uh, a lot of that uses a lot of fertilizers which goes into our groundwater and again goes into um, the water systems and cause eurification because we are putting excess 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 nutritional values in there so nitrogen and phosphorus is basically the two main ones that um that comes in the water now with this particular episode i am going to focus a little bit more on western australia just because you know i've looked at some of the actual systems here to get a little bit more in-depth study of like how's things working but this is very similar for wherever you are in the world, like kind of some of the processes and everything would be the same. And um, so firstly, let's kind of look at what is the science behind eurification. And I, before you think this is going to be a very sci-fi only scientific episode, no, no, I have tried to make it as easily explainable as I could and also that I could understand it because you know even though I studied environmental science there's still a lot of the terminology that I was like whoa what are they actually saying so breaking it down like eurification it is an increase in aquatic nutrients now again like we've mentioned it does occur naturally in over centuries in rivers lakes um but recently due to our human activities we've accelerated this and there has been an with excess of nutrients and like i've mentioned primarily it is phosphorus and nitrogen and they cause what we'll um call like almost like algae algae bloom um, so there's different types of algae bloom. So sometimes you'll see that it's just like a greenish type of algae bloom. And, um, and that basically causes that the oxygen in the water is reduced because it's trying to keep these um, like algae alive. 
And it can really be harmful for the rest of the aquatic ecosystem because these algae bloom is thriving in this extra, you know, phosphor and nitrogen that they're getting that, you know, they're growing so well that almost nothing else is like doing well in that same environment. Now, there's a lot of human actions that is actually causing this. So again, you know, from our lawns, everything. So we can also see agricultural runoff that causes that a lot and wastewater that contributes a lot to this. So what it basically does um, or do the eurification, it takes water and it will kind of turn it into like a greenish type of tint. This reduces the sunlight, the oxygen levels, and um, it can be very harming for the aquatic life. So like all the, you know, whether it's the fish, the other plant lives or anything. And some of these algae blooms can actually be very harmful for animal and human health. So sometimes like we've seen many signs up recently where they would say that, you know, be careful, like algae bloom. Um, so that, you know, but also they would say like when it's poisonous so that, you know, okay, definitely do not go into the water. And if you do come in contact with it, you kind of need to, you know, wash your hands or whatever, um, part has been in contact with it immediately. So it can be very harmful. Um, and there is, especially here in Western Australia, there's a lot of testing programs that's happening. So they do test the water, like um, whether it is monthly or quarterly, so that they can check and monitor the, the different phosphorus and nitrogen levels and see if, the, if it has drastically increased, what is happening with that. So if there is any possibilities that they need to intervene because otherwise it becomes a really, really big issue. And a lot of the times they also clean out these algae blooms as well to make sure that the entire water or aquatic system is not, you know, losing oxygen levels at a um, rapid speed. So some of the human activities, and I mean, we did touch a few things, but I just want to dig a little bit deeper into that so that, you know, we kind of have an understanding of what these activities are and also what type of impacts do they have. So human activities contributing to the eurification, um, they are also known as the anthropogenic or cultural eurification, which basically means it is made from us humans and it stems from various different sources. Now, these activities um, encompass like the use of fertilizers and agricultures as well as domestically. So like your beautiful green lawn, it has some impacts as well. And it also um, some discharge of like untreated municipal and industrial wastewater and sewage. So all of that has an impact on the eurification. Now, these actions have far reaching consequences for aquatic ecosystems, and they can basically lead to pollution from multiple sources and the regulation of rivers through dam constructions, alterations of habitats, overexplorations or fisheries, introduction of non-native species and nutrient enrichment. 
Now, such enrichment can actually foster the prevalence of harmful microorganisms in both freshwater and marine environments. So we'll see it in the ocean. We can also see it in like um, the river, lakes, wherever we are. Now, fertilizers is a big contributor because green lawns uh, full of fertilizer might look great in our gardens, but they can come at a hefty price to our water sources. So our heavy reliance on nitrogen and phosphorus, like fertilizers for agriculture, has contributed to the runoff that has over-enriched our water bodies. Now this places humans, like us, all of us, as a primary cause of eurification due to the significant volume and the rate as to which our agricultural practices accumulate these nutrients. Now, consequently, there has been a substantial increase in the growth of aquatic vegetation and the occurrence of algae blooms. So again, different algae blooms that we've got. Now, nutrients originating from aquaculture effluents, like concentrated, like animal feed, organic manure from animal dung, are the primary sources of nutrients that's actually leaching nitrogen and phosphorus into the water bodies during rainfall season. So every time it rains, you know, it goes down into our groundwater. So it can become such a big issue. We also have plant matter that causes quite big issues as well. So this is like plant matter, like grass clipping, like leaves. They can actually uh, contribute to eurification as well. So one bushel of grass clippings, which can be, you know, main, mainly around nine to 18 kilograms of glass, crip, glass crip, grass clippings, oh my gosh, can contain 0.045 kilograms of phosphorus. Now that, if that actually makes its way into an aquatic environment, that can produce around 14 to 23 kilograms of algae bloom, you know. Um, and even though it feels like 9 to 18 kilos, I'm not going to release 9 to 18 kilos of grass clippings, but often, or leaves or whatever, but often we sometimes blow the grass clippings or the leaves, you know, and it just goes into our nearest drain. And if, you know, you only have about, 200 grams or 300 grams, your neighbor might have the same. And in the end, you know, throughout your whole street, that is how much actual actually go into the drain. So it's really important for us to also make sure that we check our drains, you know, make sure that we don't um, have leaves or grass clippings that actually go, or any plant matter for that um, sake, that goes into our drains. And rather collect that for composting or responsibly dispose of it instead of just having it go into the drain. Now we could also reduce our, that way we could reduce our contribution to eurification. Now in a specific management measures to follow, more information about how community members can actually 
um, adopt a drain to assist with further, um, like the process even further. So there is some, um, some places in the US where you can actually adopt a drain. So it means like you adopt a drain closest to you, you sign up for it. It's really an awesome program. And that way you make sure that after every storm or whenever you see stuff in your uh, street, you kind of clear that up to make sure it does not go into um, the drains as well. Then another one, which can be such a big contributor is detergents. So the process of actually cleaning our laundry, our dishes, when we add softener to our next load of washing, we can send pollutants down the wastewater. And so therefore it is important, like next time you need to purchase something like a detergent, make sure that it is actually better for the environment, that there's no harsh chemicals, that there's no extra nutrients that will just give that spike into the algae blooms. So these pollutants can pose such a risk to the health of our natural ecosystems where they either enter the wastewater treatment plant and can impact their performance as well. So detergents can also affect our flora and uh, fauna and flora, as well as contribute to the eurification in the aquatic environments. Now, if the wastewater is not treated properly, it can cause alterations to the environmental parameters. Now, therefore, it basically emphasized the importance of ensuring that we use eco-friendly detergents that use a highly con like a less that it use way less concentrated nutrients and toxins so watch out for that there's many amazing brands i've been using for our laundry dirt um which is an australian based company but there is similar companies all over where you are so maybe next time you know have a look out for that so you know it would be much better for you also less harmful for you to like use and then when it goes down to the water because obviously each load of dishes or laundry you do that water is going into our water system so it's much better to you know have a look at that and also when you um you know think about tiny house living and things like that you know a lot of those systems they would deliberately say hey you know, you cannot use all of these brands of dishwash liquid. You need to use this one because your water is being recycled. You know, we need to make sure there's no harsh chemicals in it. So I think it's just really good to kind of start slowly transitioning to something that is better for you and also the environment. Now, another issue is um, aquaculture, and that is fish farming in particular, like a lot of people would say fish farming so much more sustainable because you know you um, don't like exhaust the actual um, sources that is in the ocean or wherever you know it's it's better. But do yourself a favor, watch Sea Spiracy, and I mean I had Captain Paul Watson on the podcast. Go listen to that and see that it is actually the opposite. You know, it is so harmful, you know, for the environment to have a fish farm and, you know, how they feed those fish, the 
antibiotics that they that they um, have and you know the the coloring of the fish how that's been achieved so it's really I could probably do a whole episode on fish farming but not uh, going down that rabbit hole today basically the nutrients that originates from aquaculture effluence is usually a concentrated animal feed and organic manure from animal like dung Um, And the direct discharge of that wastewater from industrial facilities engage into the production of a more concentrated animal feed that are primary, that are the primary sources of like nutrients that leach. Um, And those include like, again, nitrogen and phosphorus. And that goes into the water bodies that, you know, again, during rainfall events and things and if it's fish farms directly into the water now these contribute significantly to the acceleration of eurification so it's really really important to kind of know this and you know rather support if you do eat fish um that's something that i strictly do not eat um after having dr sylvia ill on the podcast it was just like no no um there's just so many unsustainable fisheries out there that you know if you want to definitely live zero waste plastic free then that is the biggest biggest impact in the world um is fishing and then now when we look at fish farming it's a total different ball game i mean there's so many management like measurements and things that we can do to um to assist with this and i mean Eurification, it's not just a local issue. It's not something that where I am now in Perth, Western Australia, where I can say, you know, yes, it's only here. I wish it was. Uh, It means the rest of the world's fine, but it's actually such a global issue. And, you know, what happens, the water, the waterways and the water, I mean, the water we have, it's basically the same water that the dinosaurs drank from. You know, it just goes into circulation and therefore, what water we have here, we need to protect because, you know, it will kind of circulate around the world. So it's really important. And therefore, there is so many different, like kind of tools that we can use to reduce that. And I mean, we looked at some of the causes, there's a lot more, but I won't bore you with that today. But some of the, um, measurement or management tools that we can do is like through uh, engagement and education, you know, to make sure that we educate people on this, that, you know, people know that if they use this particular fertilizer on their grass, that it has impact, it has an implication, you know, an impact on our water sources. If we use this detergent, it has impact on the, um, you know, our detergents um, and the water stream. There's also so many different educational programs that has been operated through, um, you know, government entities and councils and also through different um like guides that's been written for farmers, like how they can uh, particularly manage that. So there's a lot of engagement and educational tools. 
We also have a lot of like regulatory tools um, that's been used for this. So basic, um, basically that involved a lot of testing and things to make sure that, um, you know, you, you actually know what is different levels in different um, water bodies so that you know if it goes above this, then we need to further investigate. But there is different standards like saying that the phosphorus levels need to be at this level. If it goes above that, it gets targeted and then we need to investigate more. So it's like one of those things that, um, you know, governments all over the world is starting to implement and there's different um, protection acts and things for that so that we can ensure that, you know, we don't leave anything until it becomes a massive issue, but that we do, you know, watch out what is the, um, the different like rights and or guidelines. Are we adhering to that? And also to make sure that there's rules and regulations in place for people that are not adhering to these rules. If certain farmers are, or um, you know, like factories are discharging a lot of um, these nitrogen and phosphorus, which is ex helping kind of, you know, make the algae blooms grow even more and faster, that there's a way that we can actually fine you know those people or give them warning and then give them fine so there's a lot of like regulation around the world that's actually happening then we also have like volunteerism so through like stewardships and sustainability programs like the adopt a drain we spoke about previously which is a great initiative in the u.s um, where people can adopt a drain make sure it stays clean and it also kind of have like this like educational uh, point as well, because, you know, if you're if you've got a drain that you've adopted, um, you know, you you'll kind of talk to your neighbors about that and, you know, see if this guy's always using his leaf blower to make sure all the leaves goes into the drain to kind of have those conversations as well. And then we also have um, like a lot of research and innovation that is happening around that and um, to kind of help, you know, reduce the amount of eurification that's happening. So we we have um, in some like fresh water um, and also sometimes the marine as well, where they do a lot of dredging and aeration to make sure that we bring back oxygen levels and things in the aquatic environment. Um, there's also very like, so many different other techniques like um, like an infiltration um, proce uh, percolation process where again it removes any excess nitrogen um, or phosphorus and you know kind of filters out as much and like treats it so it's a whole technique that it does and then there's also a membrane separation technology which uses like nanofilters um, and reverse osmosis to basically again, you know, remove excess um, nitrogen and phosphorus and also make sure that, um, you know, the pH levels, they need to take that into account. But a lot of these things is expensive. 
it cannot be done on large scale. So it's really difficult to, um, to get that done. But basically it comes down to when we look at urification, you know, um, it is driven by an overabundance of nutrients in our aquatic environments. And it really has evolved into a global environmental concern, which significantly impacts our physical and natural and social aspects of our world. Now, human activities has played a pivotal role in the the acceleration of this issue and contributing you know to to the rate at which urification is actually taking place now again as we've discussed throughout this episode i mean it can be through so many different ways how we can do it but nevertheless there is really hope in the form of comprehensive management um measurements which we've gone gone through briefly about that but moreover i think you know there's a lot of technology that's happening you know such as dredging um aeration and these approaches show promise you know but we can't just keep on making more and more and then think you know oh it's fine we'll just like dredge our way out of this it really um, comes down to us as well because it's our human activities that's causing this increase. So we can definitely try our best to reduce our human activities to make sure that we reduce the amount of urification that's actually happening because it is causing a threat to our aquatic um, ecosystems and also our human health and well-being because of our water is no longer drinkable if you know we can't have fish swimming in some of these systems because you know there's not enough oxygen it becomes so poisonous it it all affects our health as well so therefore you know um we can actually work towards a future where you know these aquatic environments are healthier they're more balanced and they are better preserved for future generations to come because again you know we've been using the same water than the dinosaurs millions and millions of years ago and we need to make sure that that water will still be a reliable resource millions and millions of years from now so we better need to or we we should jump in and kind of do something so that's my little spiel about eurification, which has just been something I've come across so often this year. I mean, just where we went for our daily walks um, around Lake Monga, which is uh, close to one of the areas where we lived. And, you know, it was so beautiful, but so many times you would walk past it and it the water is green 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 it looks disgusting and i'm just like looking at all of these beautiful black swans you know having to swim in that and i'm just thinking like what are we doing you know seeing one of our local um parks that also have like a little stream going through that and they you know over the last year they had to clean that almost 
three times because there was so much algae bloom in there that the swans that used to nest in there no longer did because it was no longer safe enough for for them and for you know their their little um what do you call the mini swans now now i've lost that english word um but you know like it's really hard like so disheartening to see how beautiful nature is and you know how we are destroying that little by little so i hope this episode gave you guys a little bit of inspiration and um I mean, my top tips from that would just be like kind of see what is it that you can do where you are, whether it is making a switch into the detergent you're using, whether it is, you know, um, becoming the drain supervisor and making sure there's no leaves or grass clippings that goes in your water streams or in the drains. Or whether it is just like joining a local, you know, organization to kind of see how you can actually, you know, protect your your water streams where you are. All of that, you know, even if it's a little step, it has such a big impact. So definitely let me know what you guys are going to do and how you found this episode And I'm looking forward to um, talking to you guys in the next one where I will have a really exciting guest as well. So I'm super excited to um, talk to you guys about that. And you will also see me a little bit more active on social. This year has been a bit more quiet. Um, But yeah, and like always, if you've got any questions or anything, please let me know. Always happy to hear from you, crazy birds. And I will catch you in the next one. Have a lovely, lovely day wherever it is you're listening to this episode. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them and I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes, so if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them. Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best way to get in contact with me would probably be a DM on Instagram at Mama Earth Talk or send me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.